0: fake, fiction and irrelevant. This man who spoke himself as a friend of sinners, one who shares his tears and brings peace to everyone, who proclaims freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free. Was he a liar or a hypocrite, or truly God with us? Was he a reckless fool or truly the Lord of Lords, King of kings and light of the world? This man who claimed to be the Son of God both fully human and fully divine the beginning and the end. The Bible tells us that He is the image of God, the Savior and that His love conquers all fear, terror, violence and evil. Have you ever asked yourself if this Jesus is relevant for your life? If His death and resurrection should mean anything to you at all? It's not too late for you to start out on a journey. There's no other name Whereby men and women find their salvation, purpose and eternal peace, Jesus. Jesus!
1: So good to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Nicolin. Uh, you're a good man. Totally overstated, but it's okay. Uh, who loves Nicolin Page? They're awesome. They're awesome. We love you too. And at the front row, Simon and Bjorn, so good to have you still here in the front row. Give them a big hand as well. I love them. Big, big uh, encouragement to me, uh, Bjorn. Thank you so much. And um, it's good to be here in the international, in the English service. Because some, you might not be international, but you might just speak English. Like my wife, she's in the international, in the, in the, in the green room watching. She's Swiss and Australian speaking English and German, uh, so welcome to the English service. Amen? So good. We're in the Jesus, hashtag Jesus service uh, series, and uh, we're going to, over the next, uh, we have already been looking at who is Jesus, and what has He done, and what will He do on Easter, because it's not not just looking for bunnies, okay? So it's much more than just looking for bunnies. And, uh, you know, last week I was... um, teaching the coming home group and um, there was somebody there and said I have a question and he just came for the first time and he said hey so I have a question why are you all so all about Jesus like everywhere I see Jesus I mean there's also the Holy Spirit and there's also God isn't it a bit not equal like it's just not equal everywhere Jesus and I said that's oh, a good point it's a good point and then I started to realize you know the moment When Jesus is not anymore in the center of your life, of your church, of your goal, of your vision, things start to get weird. Because afterwards, there was another guy in the coming home group. And he said, you know, I was so disappointed with the church. Because when I look at what the church has done in the history, I think something is wrong with the church. And you know what? I believe it's when Jesus is not anymore the center of it. Then things get weird. Suddenly, so, things get more important than actually the message of Jesus. So I'm really glad we're going to focus on Jesus that will be serious about the Holy Spirit sometimes later, I'm sure. About God the Father, I'm sure. We love, all, they're all the same, but we're going to focus on Jesus. Amen? Amen? Because He's pretty good. He's awesome. He's awesome. You know, when we take Jesus and we put Him right in the center of our lives, one thing will change. Fear will go, half-heartedness will go, you know what will also go? Passiveness. So today, if you want to write down a message title, it's like Passive No More or Being Free, Free of Being Passive. And um, we're going to dive into straight away what happened there um, before Jesus was crucified. But before we're going to watch it, let me pray and then we're going to go in. Jesus, thank you so much for for today for sunday i thank you that you are um you're not just a easter story a bunny story a chocolate story you're the one who really changed the course of history and you are the only way to the father god and i thank you that you made the way for the holy spirit to take place in our heart because you justified us through the death on the cross. So I thank you for what you have done. And we, I, I just give you all the room that, that you would just speak in a mighty way. Uh, in a mighty way because you're a living God. You are a living God right now. And I thank you that the story of 2,000 years ago is still so present today. Still has the impact today as it had in the, in, in the past and as it will have in the future. So we love you and I ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak uh, while we listen. Amen. Amen. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? So what happened is Jesus was betrayed, and he was taken captive and put in front of the Pilate. and we're going to hear now from Pilate personally what happened with Jesus. Pilate,
2: Roman governor of Jerusalem. They brought him to me very early in the morning to my palace, I accused him of high treason. I then questioned. Him. matter how hard I tried, I didn't find anything guilty with him, but Pharisees, they wanted to see him on the cross. In all of this noise, my wife got woken up and she came to me in shock, said Pilate, I I, I dreamed about this Jesus and under no circumstances you should let him be crucified. Always these expectations. from all sides. In the meantime, this riot got woken up in front of my palace. All these people got louder and louder. And as it is custom, I could release one prisoner on the Passover feast to the Jews. I suggested Jesus. But the Pharisees somehow convinced the crowd. they talked to him and all of a sudden everybody was shouting Barabbas! Barabbas! I then said, but what should I do with this Jesus? What should I do with him? On the cross, crucify him! Crucify him! Full of anger! i let him be flocked. That should be enough, I told the leaders. Furiously, they shook their heads and they said you heard what the crowd said on the cross with him I looked to my wife I looked to the Pharisees And I watched the crowd And then I Washed my hands clean in front of everyone and told my soldiers, take him to the cross.
1: I'm afraid. Who is that pilot? My goodness. Gee, you're a good pilot. I don't want to fight with you. So you got a picture. Um, he, was, he was sentenced to death. And we're going to read in Mark chapter 15, and you have your Bible, open it up, and from then it goes on. And we're going to read what happened with Jesus. So, uh, verse 16. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace. That is the predatorium and called together the whole company of soldiers, Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Syria, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country. And they forced him to carry the cross. So what happened? Why did Jesus do that? He was a son of God. He had all the power. Why did he let people treat him that unfairly it would be already hard enough to say hey you know what i put to cross, you know like put you away for a lifetime but the soldiers they mocked him they spit on him like this is so much injustice and they he just he just didn't do anything why you know some people they thought like why he why did he do that i thought he would be the the guy who would deliver us from the romans But you know, there was the movie The Passion of the Christ, or in other ways, sometimes we say the Passionsgeschichte, like Passover, not the Passover, but like it's a story of passion. The Passion of the Christ. And you know, I believe that actually because there was such a passion in in Jesus' heart. And because passion, in German, it's Leiden and Leidenschaft, is very close, you know. Passion makes you ready to, to suffer when you have passion. And when you have passion, you can't be passive. When you have passion, you cannot be passive anymore. When you are passionate about something, you will stand up and people will hear. If you're passionate about ugly flyers, you complain that the flyers are not nice. Or if you're passionate about uneven chairs, Nicoline, right? It just, it can't be, you know. Impossible. Passion will always lead you to act, being, being active. And Jesus had passion. But people thought he should have done something different. People thought like, he should have basically brought us out of this captivity into freedom. But he had a different agenda. He had God's agenda. And he wanted to bring heaven down. He wanted to take all the injustice on him. He, want, he was ready to take all the sin on him. He was taking the, all the, the sickness on him. So that we could be, bring justice. So we could have justice. So we could be justified. So we could be set free. So we could be healed. So he was ready. He knew what he was doing. Even when people didn't know what he was doing. So sometimes you might do something and people would come and oppose you. And would say, well, I don't, why are you doing that? Because they don't have the bigger picture. But Jesus, he knew what he was doing, and he had passion, and he was ready to be active, even if the people didn't understand it. But what does he have still to do with us? What? 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 That's like a story two thousand years ago. But the reality is there's so much injustice today. There is. There is. Sometimes you can. You read about how how priests are being being treated unjust, and then when like, videos leak, it's like a big uproar. This was like a massive uproar. Like This was like, they mocked him. They didn't just mock him, they, they put a crown on him, it was bleeding, they spit on him, there was no dignity, there was nothing. And the reality is, it's still happening today. And most people were just watching most people didn't do anything they were just watching and today's the same most people just watch when stuff bad stuff happens and it takes even it takes me a lot of courage so I rather look away when somebody's beaten up and sometimes you see those videos being leaked when like people being beaten up and you see heaps of people standing around and nobody does something nobody does something why why yeah I know why it's, it's easy to be passive and it's hard to be active. Um, but that was an interesting thing. So we read that, that at the end there was a, my, a man, Simon, and he was forced to become active. He was forced to, be, to stay, stand out of the crowd and help to carry the cross. He was the only one who helped Jesus in a time of suffering. He, he didn't do it willingly. He says like he was forced to do it. But we read in other books, historical books, that he at the end, he was a part of the church plant and and he somehow this changed his life. Somehow it must have changed his life seeing the injustice. Being being forced to step out of the crowd, being activated. And I realize sometimes we are being activated Unwillingly. Something happens in our lives. Like Roger Vennet, the story we heard. You know what he went through in life? was not all his choice. But something, he was activated for stuff that was not right. And now he makes a difference with the people who are in in, in, uh, addiction and, and have a hard time finding a job. Because he was in it. Willingly or unwillingly, suddenly he saw. And sometimes that needs to happen with us. We need to see. We need to be called out. And I believe Jesus does call us out. He does call us out. You know, there's a, an interesting Irish guy who, uh, um, a statesman, a philosopher, he said one amazing um, quote, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good man to do nothing but you know what it's easy to do nothing like when i was preparing a message i realized there is so much in life i do nothing about because you know you look at it and you realize oh, but the problem is way too big like i don't even know where to start i bet some people there watching jesus they were not just yeah like finally crucified they just didn't know what to do they were just over challenged with the situation and the big lie is that sometimes we 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 tell ourselves oh you know if you cannot do much don't do anything if you can't do much don't do anything but it's a lie because it's it's when we start doing something but still it's easy because here it's comfortable here you don't being risk. You don't risk of losing. It's like you know watching a soccer match. A soccer match. Yeah. It's so hard to play when it's cold outside. <laughs> like, have you ever? Have you ever? Like they, now they have to like wear those gloves and like how long, and they have to train hard and they have to run and they risk of like breaking their legs. I don't want to break my leg. I'm I, like <laughs> they're like they're they're being risk of like people telling them what they're doing wrong and and like and like. Get, Criticism and if they don't perform, like the whole press writes about them, like like it's so much easier just to watch. You don't risk losing. You don't risk, risk being opposed. You don't risk being written about in the paper. But you know what? Nobody writes about you. Nobody will. But it's easy. So I I understand and I'm I'm often here, and maybe you too. But. I know one thing, that we're not called to be just spectators. The life with Jesus is not a life of a spectator. It has never been and it never will. And even so he can sympathize with us, but you know what, this is not where we belong. And this is not where I want to be because I will not make any difference on that chair except of growing my belly. You know, passiveness, I was just contemplating about. It comes from insecurities. It comes from apathy, from laziness, from fear. And the last time I checked, I didn't see it as like godly attributes. (laughs) You know? I didn't see it. it. It's not like, it does say, look after you. Look after your soul. Yes, but being passive Nah, 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 can't read it. And so I was just digging. And I want to share with you five points, five reasons why passiveness is not a part of the life God has called us for, has prepared us for, has predestined us for. And I want to go through them. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you and anybody listening on podcast, because this is what God has called us for. And our role is to again realize this is my identity. This is why I'm here on earth. Because it's not about all oh, bad. We are bad. We're sitting down there. We're bad. It's about just realizing what we've been called for. It's about realizing what God has for us. It's about realizing what he has given us. So I want to I speak with that in mind. And I hope your heart has, has an open hope for that. Because it's amazing what he has prepared us for, what he has called us for. Number one, if you want to write down the five reasons why passiveness is not a part of the life God has prepared for you, is because we are called to be doers of the word and not just listeners. In James 1.22 it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. In Matthew 25 it says, Will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothes, uh, needing clothes and clothe you? When did you see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the, of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When I read this, I read. Of what our, our call, our mission is exactly to bring heaven down to people. And to make a difference. And the faith that God has given us, that life with Jesus is a practical life. And sometimes we lose ourselves in the spiro corner. And we don't realize, it. actually it's very practical. And for me, my um, there's one guy who's a big role, like big example for me. And... I heard his story a couple of years ago. He's Jakob Winseler. And the Türcher Illustrated wrote about him in the winter of 1914 and 15, a spirit present man saved Switzerland from the threat of a famine. What's, what's the context of that story of that Jacob Winsler? So there was the First World War in Switzerland and Switzerland was, um, was short, like close to a famine. There was not enough food and, and, uh, he was a businessman and he had, uh, um, a embroidery business and he heard about it and he loved God and he was a very practical man very practical and he thought you know what I have an obligation if I can do something I can do something and so he was like let's go drive down to Bern let's go to the Bundesrat and say hey can I help look these are my options can I help and he said you know what why can you not like why do you think you can help me because not even us, we, we can do anything. And he said, well, look, I have relationship with Germany. I have relationships with, 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 with Italy. I can trade stuff. And, he, and if you let me trade in, on behalf of Switzerland, I, I could maybe do things. And he said, oh, you know what? Not even the highest president of Switzerland, of the, of the seven, has that, um, um, how do you say, befugnis, the rights to do that. And he said, you know what? Sometimes uh, drastic measures, like a situation needs drastic measures and out-of-the-box thinking. And so he got, he got the right to trade on behalf of Switzerland. And so he went to Germany and he said, you know what, we need seeds, potato seeds, because we don't have enough food. And then he said, you know what, we have our problems ourselves and we, we're not trading with you, even if you can trade us like clothes and embroidery and stuff and material. And then he went really disappointed home and said, God, it, now you've given me this, this right and to do this stuff and it doesn't work. Why? And he said, you know what? Don't be in it for yourself. If you want to truly make a difference, do it for the people. And don't take advantage. So he said, all right, I'm not going to take any advantage. I'm not going to take any more money than I just need to cover my things. And then he went back again, and the, the doors opened up. Over years, all the trades between Italy and Germany and Switzerland went through Jakob Winsler and his firm, and uh, and and he got heaps of ore, like uh, prices and stuff. But he said, you know what? This was never. This is just me doing my thing. And people in in the newspaper said, if anybody with a different character would have had so much right, so much like opportunity to trade, he would have misused it. But that was a guy who realized, you know what? I have possibilities, and I want to use it for God. And I realized afterwards, when I heard the story, this was my great great grandfather, and uh, and I realized, you know, my 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 ancestors they're not the, the bold, Spiro guys, but they were believing God with a whole heart and wanted to make a difference. And seeing them making a difference, I realized, well, I want to step, in, I want to walk in their footsteps. I want to walk in their footsteps. We are called to be doers of the word and not just listeners. Second point, we're called to be the salt and the light of the world. Revealing God's way, making a difference. In Matthew 5, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again if it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the foot? You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it on the bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In our vision statement as a church, we wrote down one part of it it says, The needs of our society compel us to do compassionate acts. We are known for our generosity, lending a helping hand, and not turning our backs. I think we are called to be the guys who don't look away. Who say, you know what, we're going to shine a light. We're going to shine a light. We're going to let our light shine. And we're going we're gonna to show away. We're not going to be afraid if we, are, if we seem to be different. We're not being afraid of showing, you know what, that is just wrong. And again, we are going and doing it like showing without deeds. And the third point is we are called to be the head and not the tail. Not just following, but leading. You know, the Bible says you are the head and not the tail. And like, we are the guys who, who make a difference. We are the guys who are the light. We are the salt. And we are the guys who are the head and not the tail. I'm mean, just, just, just reading what the Bible says, who we are. You know, and I'm just so inspired by people like Martin Luther King. Who, who started the civil rights movement. Because he realized there's so much injustice with the, the black communities in America and there was an interesting uh, thing I read about a conversation um, they had Martin Luther King and Billy Graham because Billy Graham was alive at the same time and people started to accuse Billy Graham hey Billy Graham why are you not doing more about that injustice and he was not doing much except he would not preach when the when only with where like black and white people would be allowed. He would not preach otherwise. So in his stadiums, there would always there would be no segregation. But he didn't he didn't speak up heaps for it. And then Martin Luther, hearing all those accusations, went to Billy Graham and said, "You know what, Billy? My my call is to lead that movement, and your call is to keep preaching the gospel." So let's not be distracted. Let's not look down on each other. But let's be the head and not the tail. Let's preach the gospel. And i pre- preach the gospel through, my, through what I do. And I think that's such a crucial point. Because so often we, we accuse, you're not doing that. Because there's always more we can do. But it's actually, you know what? Do what you have been called to do. So do your thing. We can't do everything. But we all can do something. And the third point is... Oh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm just so inspired, you know, they might be all big names, but a friend of mine, she's a midwife, and her passion is to fight for the lives of children. And she is not against uh, any parent who goes through difficult part, times. But she said, you know, one thing I can do to fight for life I can become a midwife and I can serve those, 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 those mothers, those wives, uh, those, uh, those people when they're going through their pregnancy. And I love it because she does it with all passion, with all love and making a little difference with every person, with every female person she comes in contact with. Fourth, we are filled with love that compels us. Mother Teresa, she said, such an amazing quote. I am a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. How awesome is that quote? How awesome. And you know, it's not just a quote. It's her life. That's why it's awesome. I want that to be my life. I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. We are filled with love that compels us. In the Second Corinthians 5, it says, that the love of God compels us. Why are we? Because we are filled with love and it's overflowing. And suddenly we cannot do, we cannot help ourselves, but suddenly step out, leading the indifference behind us, helping. And the fifth and my last point is, we are filled with courage and power that enables us. The Spirit of God lives in us. And that's why I do wanna not be a spectator. I wanna do what I can do. I might not do everything and I might not do enough yet, but one thing I wanna do, I wanna step out. I wanna help people, I wanna serve people, I wanna stand up for justice, I wanna be a light, I wanna be a salt, and if it needs to be started something new, I wanna be ready. One thing I don't wanna be is a spectator. I might fail, I might not do enough, but I just see that I'm being called to much more than just a spectator. Not because I am awesome. But because God, we are, we are God's hands. So everything that is on God's agenda, He will do through you. Nobody else. You and you and you. You know, David and Goliath. David was a nobody. We, we, we know David about the King David, but back then he was a nobody. But he saw what that Goliath was saying and he was not right. And something was not right. And in the Bible we read while everybody else would hide in fear and we know that fear is not something that belongs to us. It's not a part of our identity as Christian. He was like, this is not right. Something is not right. And maybe you are also in a situation, you realize something is not right. This is just, that doesn't, that's not right. And you know, you know what, he like boldly stepped out and said, you know what, the God of the universe is with me. I'm strong because he makes me strong. And so I want to just end with saying, hey, we are David's. We are the Jakob Maybe with your resources, with your connections, with your business, you are the next Jakob Making a difference in Switzerland, but maybe worldwide. Maybe in your street, and maybe in your family. We are the Martin Luther kings. Standing up for what we see like that's not right. Bringing down heaven on earth. are the nobodies and everybody's the pencil of god writing a love letter through us so that people would see you know what that whole church thing is not just it's not just words spirit, nothing it's practical makes a difference so why don't we stand and i want to pray at the end and then we're gonna go in the worship so if you if you, want to, if you receive that, and if you receive that encouragement, if you realize, you know, God is stirring something, He's giving you faith, why don't you stretch out your hands in, as an act of your faith, and I want to pray with us. God, I thank you that you have called us to be the light and the salt on this earth. Thank you that we are not just spectators. Thank you that you do believe in us. Thank you that you have equipped us Thank you that you have an answer to all the problems. Thank you that you went and made a way by going to the cross all the way, clearing the way. So I thank you that you're enabling us right now. And I pray that you would stir something in everybody's heart. I pray that you would bring encouragement, mighty full, wise ideas right now. I pray that you would release your love in a new way that we cannot help, and if it needed, activate us. If it needs us, activate us. I pray that you break our hearts for where your heart is broken, because I need it. Because one thing I don't want, I don't want to live the life as a spectator. I want to be a guy who stands up for, and you let you, you use me. So thank you that you're going to use everybody. And I bless you with faith. I bless you with power. I bless you with love and with new ideas and eyes who can see what God has to do, what God has in plan. Amen.
0: Sometimes I wonder when everything fails and fades away. What does remain?
1: Why do we come to this place from near and far? Because at the end of the day, there is nothing else that remains. What
2: would it look like to face the consequences of something so radical? What would it actually look like to follow Jesus?
1: Friendships may fail, heroes may fail, eventually we just turn
0: worthless. He stirs a thirst for truth, compassion, and love. Nothing that this earth could ever quench.
1: What is it that we can truly build our lives and hope on? There is one thing and one thing only when it's all said and done. He alone is our solid rock, our center, and our foundation.